welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope everyone is having an absolutely tremendously awesome day today. Down here at Health Masters, we have lots going on as always. An update on the food buckets. They were delayed apparently from my supplier. They're supposed to be shipping out now this Friday. They're a week behind. As I told you guys, I don't like selling anything unless I physically know that I either have it on hand or it's in route. This is going on with a lot of food bucket suppliers all across the country. Ours being certified USDA organic do have a little bit more uh, issues as far as trying to make sure that everything's done properly because there's a lot of requirements when you're dealing with those. But I've been getting emails all across the board from customers that have tried to buy food buckets from other places and they've been waiting 8, 10, 12 weeks in some cases and that's what I'm not going to do to our customers. So if I tell you they're in stock or they're en route to us, that's where they are and so far that is not the case. However, they're supposed to be shipping out Friday so I will let people start to pre-order them once I actually have tracking confirmation of them being on the semi-trucks with the pallets. So other than that, Thank you again for your support, and thank you for continually to get out this information that's going on right now. I've been watching some of the news, and the American pharmaceutical companies are basically starting to have a conniption fit because Russia has now pretty much said they've approved the first COVID vaccine. Now, granted, I'm not saying this thing is safe. I would not even personally take this at all. It is odd that Russia popped up with it. But again, as we said before, the American pharmaceutical company has basically been wallowing in money right now that has been coming from the federal government. And now Scott Gutlieb, which ironically enough, if you guys remember this, you can't even make up these conflict of interest. Scott Gutlieb, Dr. Scott Gutlieb, was the FDA director from May 2017 to April 2019, right? Last year, he stepped down as FDA director. Of course, the month after he stepped down, the very beginning of June, he joined Pfizer's board. Of course he did. He's on the board of the pharmaceutical giant Pfizer now, which last month was awarded almost $2 billion through Operation Warp Speed. And now they are having a conniption fit saying that this COVID vaccine Russia came out with can't be safe and it's not ready and blah, blah, blah. And he went out and said, I wouldn't take it. It's not ready yet, which is funny because I personally won't take any of them that anybody comes up with because I don't even think, A, it's a necessary vaccine under any circumstances, and B, the fact that it has been rushed to market so quickly shows you that it is not about protection, it's not about saving lives, it's all about who can make the most amount of money off of it, and that's exactly what we have seen happening right now. What do you think about this whole thing, Dad, with Russia coming out with it and the pharmaceutical companies all irate with Russia now that they had it first? You know, is this more obfuscation? What do you think they're really trying to do right now with this vaccine, trying to push the market? I know we've talked about it a lot, but again, I get a lot of emails and questions from customers, and there's so much confusion involving COVID intentionally, as I told you guys that the other day on Monday, they're intentionally making everything as confusing as they can to keep people in a controlled state of panic and fear. What do you think about this right now? Well, I think Russia 
Okay, let me let me explain something to you guys very quickly. The reason that the COVID vaccine is so complicated in this in this development right now with Bill Gates is the RNA portion of it. They're trying to rewrite the human genome, so they're making it an extremely complicated vaccine. In addition to that, there's multiple different types of coronaviruses, including the common cold, that people are going to get and continue to get. So what they're trying to do is develop a vaccine that's supposed to, quote-unquote, I guess cure the common cold, Austin, and cure every coronavirus out there, which is unbelievably stupid. The problem that they're having is that these types of viruses have a tendency to mutate, especially if they're basically synthesized in a laboratory like the coronavirus was when it originally came out of China, as far as I'm concerned. That's my opinion. So what we have here is a group of people that are fighting for what's called market share. And the market share basically means how big of a portion of the 7 billion vaccines are they going to get. Now, you know, now Bill Gates is you know, saying that one out of 100,000 people are going to die or whatever is going to happen to it, which is going to be really, really, really a nonsensical figure. It's going to be much, much higher than that. Judy Mikovich says that 40, 40 to 50 million people are going to die from this vaccine. But they've also been given complete and total immunity from prosecution internationally of these organizations, these companies that are producing these vaccines. Because remember, these are large international conglomerates. This is the Rothschild group. That's who's doing this. Now, if Russia comes in and they say, oh, by the way, we found a really easy way to make this vaccine. It's probably, I'm paraphrasing. I don't know this. I'm just saying this. I'm just speculating here. Uh, Putin goes in, hey, build a vaccine real quick for this specific type of virus. For the one that we have that we came out of China, develop an antigen. We'll go ahead and kill it, put it in a shot, give it to people without a bunch of mercury and fetal cells and everything else. Do a quick human testing, human ferret testing, as you heard, ferret testing, monkey testing, or whatever they did. I don't know. And so they develop it. Now, again, what Russia may be doing is messing with everybody. They may be saying, hey, by the way, look at Russian technology. You know, the, our, our ex-German Nazi rocket biochemical medical scientists grandchildren okay, are here working on this and so we have the ability to develop this stuff very very quickly it could be more obfuscation Putin may just be trying to throw a wrench in what's going on in the new world order yeah. he could be doing that too I mean he could be doing a lot of things so there's a lot of different speculation but to change the subject summer redstone I'm going to give you guys some, some stuff here now. This is, this is, this is going to be one of those things that it's going to, it's going to sound weird, but you've got to stay with me on this. Summer Redstone died. He's like 97 years old. Uh, I'm reading it right from Wikipedia. He was an American businessman and media magnate, and he was the majority owner and chairman of the board of the National Amusements Theater chain. Through National Amusements, Redstone and his family are the majority voting holders at Viacom, itself the parent company of CBS, MTV, TV Land, Smithsonian Channel, CBS Television Studios, CBS Productions, Showtime Networks, Nickelodeon, Paramount, this is ridiculous, Big Ticket Television, Viacom, CBS, Domestic Media Works, and this goes on and on and on. Comedy Central, Paramount Pictures, Miramax, all and on. He's controlled all that. Breadstone was formerly the executive of both CBS and Viacom. In February 2016, age 92, Redstone resigned both chairmanship following a court-ordered examination by a geriatric psychiatrist who was ultimately succeeded by Les Moons, Moonbees, at CBS. Now, Redstone was born into a Jewish family in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, his first, his real name was Rothstein, and, uh, and they were saying now that because it's basically, the, that's the literal translation from, uh, from Yiddish is Redstone, so they changed it to Redstone. 
And uh, Michael Michael Rothstein owned the Northeast Northeast Theater Corporation in Debenham, Massachusetts, the forerunner of national amusements in the Boston branch of Latin Quarter Nightclub. Now, I'm going to go ahead and step away for just one second. I'm going to tie this back to the Kabbalah right now. So, guys, stay with me on this. Years ago, they had a place in Daytona Beach. It was the boardwalk. Austin won't remember this because it was so long ago. You know, Coney Island had this. Daytona Beach had this. All of the major tourist attractions had an area where you had, like, vending machines, you know, amusement games, and little bitty things that you could stare into that would play cards and have, like, a little peep show, and you could see nudie pictures. Now, I, this, I can't be any more direct than this, all right? You pay a nickel, you pay a dime, whatever, and you'd look into a little machine, and it would have, like, a girl stripping, you know, and you'd be watching it, and it would get more and more risque. Now, this was the nudie pictures of the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s. They weren't even a, a movie. They were just cards that were being flipped in front of you. In fact, you can do this if you want to play with your kids some. You can actually draw little stick figures, and you can put them on a set of index cards, and you can flip the index cards real quickly, you know, and spread them like a card deck with the pictures, and it looked like it's a movie picture moving inside of the stick picture, stick pictures, okay? This is what they did. They took all these different pictures. Now, let me share this with you. When the immigrants from Russia came over, the, the Jewish communist immigrants, when they came over from Russia to infiltrate the United States, they specialized in these little machines that had the pictures that were like nudie photograph shows. Okay? I'm, just, I'm not making any of this stuff up. And you think, what the heck's he talking about? I'll, I'll tie it together in a second. And what happened is, this was the initial influx in the 20s and the 30s into the silent picture realm, into the pictures at the movie theaters, et cetera, et cetera, of pornography. Yeah, that's where this is going right now. And they were able to come in because people would see these little card things and they go, oh, I'll spend the nickel, I'll spend the dime. Well, everybody starts saying, oh, wow, you got to see this, you got to see this. And they started getting these huge businesses built up. And, and this is what his father did. Now, his father basically was born, I'm sure, back in the 1800s, and he's probably one of the first wave that came over here. Uh, he was basically uh, born, in, you know, born in more bad Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, he was born to Bella Ostrowski and Michael Rothschild in, in 1940. It's, it's Summer's behest. His father agreed to change the family surnames, like I said, to Redstone. Now, we have to understand that the initial influx of the pornography came from these folks who were primarily Jewish coming out of Russia. You think, well, Ted, that's absolutely awful. Well, yeah, I know it is, but it's just, this is what happened. And you need to realize that Redstone worked as a special assistant to the U.S. attorney. He was a lawyer, went to Harvard. General Thomas Clark, mostly handling tax litigation cases. He also helped overturn the decision years earlier against a Jewish teacher. Six years removed from law school, Redstone was making 100000 a year. Now, listen to me. This is really important. Six years later, Redstone was making $100,000 a year back in 1954, guys. That was like making several million a year. Running his own firm through disillusion, but he became disillusioned that practicing law had become just a business. I'm reading you right directly from uh, The Hollywood Reporter. So in 1954, he went to work for his father's burgeoning movie exhibition nudie card business is what this was 
for a salary of 5000 a year. He took a huge salary cut, and he traveled to New England acquiring properties for the growing chain, which became known as National Amusements. Now, this is what he said. I would get in a car, and I'd drive around looking for some good potential sites. I always carried a pro forma contract in my jacket pocket so you could put these little nudie shows and little amusement parks everywhere. Now, this was the original pornography that came into Hollywood. This was the original group of people who handled the pornography industry. You think, well, Ted, this sounds awful. Hey, here's the thing. Here's one of the reasons this happened. When the Jews first came to the United States in the 20s and the 30s and the teens 100 years ago, there was tremendous anti-Semitism against Jewish people in the United States. That's just a fact. And they were really not allowed a lot of jobs or positions or whatever. So they gravitated, this group gravitated into the movie theater business, into the pornography business. Now, being involved with the Kabbalah or the Zohar or the Talmud and thinking that this stuff was okay, they didn't have a moral clause saying, don't do this. And they get, and, and to this day, this group, 95% of the pornography in Hollywood and as long, along, along with Hollywood is controlled by Jewish interests that all got started back in the 10s and the 20s, 100 years ago. Not making this stuff up, you guys can basically do your own research. This is how Summer Redstone's father got his start. And now again, all of this has to be funded as far as this expansion with the amusement parks, the loans from the bank, the control of CBS, the control of Viacom, all these other subsidiary corporations all controlled through the Rothschild banking cards tell through their expansion and through their money supply. This is how it all ties together from the very beginning. And I wanted to talk about that for just a second about Summer Redstone and how his family got to start in the nudie movie business over a hundred years ago. Also, what do you think? No, that's, it doesn't surprise me. If you look, when you start looking at all of the giant news aggregates, the movie studios, pretty much the news agencies, the newspapers, everything across the board, it's only owned by about a half a dozen different entities when it goes all the way to the top. That shows right. you right then and there that everything pretty much we see, everything we're exposed to, especially via news and so forth, is controlled in some way or another. Now, of course, you have some of the controlled opposition or you have some of the narrative that's designed to fit the left-right paradigm like Fox News. But overall, there's nothing that ever comes out that they don't approve for it to come out. Always remember that. That's why the whole aspect of Epstein and so forth has now been talked about because they couldn't hide it. So now they talk about Epstein, 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 Epstein. Well, the thing about Epstein is the narrative is he's dead now. So there's no more boogeyman. Oh, that's why they put the show out about Epstein on Netflix. Notice that show about Epstein that came out on Netflix came out after he allegedly died. Always remember that. Epstein got a sweetheart plea deal with the FBI back in 2011 for basically raping and having sex with multiple underage girls that testified against him. The FBI came in and said, okay, we're going to give you like a 13-month house arrest, ankle monitor, but you can still go back and forth to work. It, it was literally the softest deal in U.S. history when it came to child trafficking and underage sex with girls. It was it, it literally nobody even knew anything about it, and it kept so hush hush. Now, ironically, 
the FBI had a 53-page indictment against him. They, they had enough evidence to put that man in prison for decades for what he was involved in. And they were told, one of the FBI agents, if you look back on the research on it, they were told, basically, drop the case. He's plea bargaining out for this. It's going to nothing. You're shutting it up. You're not going to talk about it. Nothing happened. Nothing to see here. Now, why in the world didn't all that coverage that Epstein's getting now, why didn't he start getting that back in 2011, 2012, after that whole plea deal? And he was basically on this mild probation for 13 months. Why? Because they didn't want anybody knowing about what he was involved in. Once they couldn't hide it anymore, and once it actually went public in the social media domain, okay, now we're basically going to put him in jail. He's allegedly going to commit suicide, and uh, nobody's ever going to know anything about him again. He's going to disappear if he's not dead. Okay, this is what they do with the narrative. This is why they let certain things come out and other things they will not talk about. This is why you won't ever hear about Tucker Carlson talk about ending the Federal Reserve. This is why you won't ever hear about Tucker Carlson repeat any of these things we're discussing when it comes to big pharma and the vaccine industry and the fact that they have full-blown immunity since 1986 on anything they produce. This is why you have to do your own research with this. And I know it's frustrating for some people. It is. I know it is. Because a lot of people had been so geared, especially older generations, you know, in their 50s and 60s and further, they've been so conditioned that you get your information from the news in the newspaper. Because, I mean, back in the day, we actually used to have a pretty, pretty free press. People could pretty much, if it was true, they could pretty much talk about the news paper. That's not so. And this is what these international bankers realized they could do. If they could get a hold of all the news agencies and have them controlled by just a small handful all the way to the top, they could control it. And then, to make it even worse, they came in and they never restricted direct-to-consumer marketing and advertisement from big pharmaceutical companies. So you have, for instance, like CNN, who gets roughly 70% of their revenue comes from big pharma via advertisement. Well, then you absolutely know these mainstream media outlets are never going to cover what they are supposed to when it comes down to drugs, pharmaceuticals, deaths, side effects, vaccine problems, none of that, because they're not going to hack off their largest revenue source that brings in all of their money. Also, too, in other news, this is something that's interesting. You know, a lot of people have been discussing the aspect of sweet. And there's something that this is why they've tried to bury it in the mainstream media as well about Sweden. And they pretty much did nothing as far as for the most part now. Sweden, ironically, which Sweden has gone completely out of control in some areas when it's come to immigration, they pretty much had no significant lockdowns, no masks, no vaccines, and basically no problems. They've pretty much decided to just opt out. And people go, oh, well, Sweden's a lot smaller than the United States. Sweden's this, Sweden's that. Well, if the vaccine is so prevalent, and it's absolutely needed to save the entire world, why isn't Sweden clamoring for it, and why are their numbers keep going down? Because it's one of the same things we pretty much saw from the beginning. A populace that's fairly healthy, a populace that basically eats fairly clean, a populace that doesn't live on pharmaceutical drugs, has a much stronger immune system. The United States is designed to keep the medical industrial complex 
billions upon billions upon billions upon hundreds of billions of dollars a year. The only way to keep a medical industrial complex afloat is to keep people sick. I've discussed this repeatedly, and so is that. If you start allowing people to become healthy and self-sufficient, how do you make money in big pharmaceutical, and how do you make money in the hospitals? You don't. And that is why it is so important. I've said this from the beginning, and I've said it before, and I've said it all the way back, and we've been in this for years. Keeping your immune system strong is one of the most important things you can do for your body right now or before this whole pandemic. Because if you're strong and you're mentally acute and you have the energy and your immune system strong, you can pretty much do anything you need to. And you pretty much have the cognitive functioning to see through the proverbial BS that we're being told right now. And that's why it's so important. Continue, guys. Exercise. Get some sunlight. Take your vitamin D. Take your vitamin C. Use proper sanitation. But that should have changed pre-COVID or post-COVID or any of that. You should use proper sanitation and using washing your hands and using a paper towel to open a door to public restroom and so forth on a regular basis. Because there's a pandemic going on doesn't mean you should have to start doing it. You should have already done it before. The same thing that I talked with numerous customers who regularly took vitamin C and vitamin D3, and they called up and they're like, yeah, we tested positive, but we, we actually feel fine, you know, next couple days. This is why you see such a giant swing with asymptomatic people and people that are basically on their deathbed. If you actually did, I wish they would do this, and this is just my opinion. If you actually did a research study looking at people who've contracted COVID, okay, and you take it all the way from people that are asymptomatic, that stayed pretty healthy, all the way to people that went on ventilators and pretty much died, and you did blood work on everybody, and you tested just their D3, I would bet money, I would bet a good amount of money that every single person that had significant health problems and or died and was hospitalized due to COVID or allegedly due to COVID, I can almost guarantee you they would have extremely low levels of D3 in their blood. And this is why, what, three years ago, the research company came out and said vitamin D3 deficiency is one of the worst health problems we have in the entire United States right now, and nobody wants to talk about it in the medical community or in the pharmaceutical community because it doesn't make money because people stay healthy when they have high levels of D3 in their blood, Dad. Yesterday, I've had numerous people that I know who've had parents now that have come down with COVID, and you know, I always tell my friends when their parents start having symptoms, you know, usually their parents are in the 80s, I always say, make sure the D3 levels are up. Make sure the potassium iodide is in the system. Make sure they get intravenous vitamin C immediately. And it's amazing to me how people don't follow those directions. I mean, it's just, it's crazy and how these parents sometimes die or get worse. And I can't tell you how important it is when I came down with the COVID, which I believe I had it because I had all the symptoms and wasn't tested back in February, and Austin had it too, the first thing I did was get 50,000 milligrams of vitamin C. When I first started noticing the symptoms, I went straight to the doctor and got 50,000 milligrams of vitamin C. Now, the response is this. Well, I can't find it locally in my area. Okay? We'll go somewhere else. Drive an hour, drive two hours. It doesn't make a difference. Go get, go get this thing taken care of. I mean, just get it done. 
And, well, it's not legal in my state. Well, it's not necessarily not legal in your state, but I mean, I find somebody who's not going to do it locally. It's not, it's not illegal to have intravenous vitamin C. I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to say this because vitamin C converts into hydrogen peroxide in the bloodstream. And when it does that, it kills everything. It kills all these viruses. It's amazing what it does. And so it's so important that if you get diagnosed with it or you start dealing the symptoms or if you're elderly, now, can you mitigate it with just vitamin C to D3? Austin did. Austin's in his 30s. He's 32 years old, 31 when this happened. And he was able to maintain his health and not really get sick from it because he maintained high levels of D3, potassium iodide, vitamin C, and zinc. So if you have all of those things high enough in your system, you probably get away with not doing the vitamin C intravenously. However, if you're not a person, like your parents are, probably most of them, who are in their 60s or 70s or 80s or 90s, and they don't take supplements because they don't believe in supplements. All right, this is, my mom was the same way. You got to get them in to get a vitamin C IV because this thing is still killing old people. And, you know, it's almost like it was specifically designed to attack the genome of elderly people who have weakened immune systems. Oh, imagine that. Imagine this. Answer me this. Oh, gosh, we got baby boomers coming up. And they're hitting Social Security, and they're about to start drawing billions, hundreds of billions of dollars a year in Social Security benefits that, that, that they paid in, but that we squandered, and we have IOUs in the Treasury for these. So we have all of these people coming up for their Social Security benefits. We really need to cull the older population. We really need – some of these people in their 80s, they've been drawing Social Security for 15, 20 years. I mean, what do they think? They've got more money out than they got in. This is their line of reasoning. We just got to get rid of these, you know, this surplus population. What did Henry Kissinger call them? Useless eaters? You can't even make this stuff up. They come up with stuff like this. They're called useless eaters. So Henry Kissinger probably feels as if he's still running a lot of the global things in his 90s and figure that one out. Who in the world knows what they're giving him to keep him young? Oh, that's right. That would probably be something called adrenochrome, but I don't know. I'm speculating. And what the problem with all of this stuff is these guys – Never seemed to go away. You know, Summer Redstone, 97 years old. Henry Kissinger's in his 90s, king of, Eng king of the England, queen of England's like in her 90s, almost 100 or whatever. I mean, they never seem to check out. It's like they have, oh, that's right. They do, don't they? They have access to medical things and medical protocols and probably really clean vaccines and medical technology. Oh, you're probably retro engineer from 1947 that we don't have access to. You know, it's interesting to me. You watch these movies. You know, there was one that came out a few years ago. It was called Prometheus, and it's a sci-fi movie. It's got some pretty graphic stuff in it. I don't really recommend you let kids watch it. But they have, like, this medical chamber that you go into, and it, like, cures you. It kind of, like, fixes everything. It kind of gives you the proper frequencies. It does surgery. It does all kinds of other stuff. I wonder, I wonder how much of that they're showing us They've already developed, and they have, and these elite get to go into these chambers or whatever you want to call them every so often to get a tune-up. I wonder. I'm not saying that I believe that. I'm not saying that that happens. I'm just saying it seems odd to me that some of these wicked, wicked people live to be really, really, really old. What do you think, Austin? Uh, yeah, no, it, it is very strange with that. There's no doubt about it. I mean. And in, in, in just some of the stuff we see all the time, well, I'm not even getting all that. Just Here's the biggest thing about it. Continue to realize, and you have to do this. Once you start waking up, you have to look at stuff and say, okay, 
pretty much about 70 to 80 percent, if not more in some cases, if not less in a few other cases, but on average about 70 to 80 percent of everything we've been told and led to believe is pretty much a liar in some way manipulated. You pretty much have to understand that now. Once you get that, is when it finally get that through your skull, you can start understanding what needs to be done in the opposite direction to maintain a healthy lifestyle, to maintain healthy finances, to maintain a healthy mental state of mind, especially when it comes to what's going on and history and everything else. This is why this whole BLM terrorist movement now that's been hijacked by Marxists and communists and they're trying to come in, one of the groups I saw the other day, they were having a big rally, and they were saying now that all history books need to be either banned or edited because they're inherently racist. Really? History books? I mean, if we're going that far, I mean, we could just go all the way back from the beginning of time if you want to start editing and erasing stuff because you don't agree with what it says. I'm not promoting that. I'm saying that's the ideology that they're starting to play on. When anybody, anybody ever comes to you and you see them and they start implying or downright saying that certain parts of history need to be forgotten or erased or edited, that is 100% communism talk from the pit of hell. All that comes down to when you open that door is to try to remove the history of what's really happened, including editing and modifying the Bible at some point in time. I talked to Lana's dad the other day, who's over at the house, and he is a he's a pastor who's also a missionary to Ecuador. They're back home right now, though. Obviously, Ecuador's having all kinds of weird stuff going on down there. So they've decided, basically, they pulled back. Everybody pulled back for a while, which I'm very happy they did. And we're discussing the different aspects of the Bible as far as on translations of the different versions. And he said what's crazy about it is, Austin, he said a lot of the versions now that have been edited and modified, he told me one of them, I didn't write it down, but it's one of the very popular ones that they re-edited in 2011. He said they made it so it would not be sexist. They made sure all the verbiage and all the phrases did not have any sexist connotation to them. I said, what do you mean? Are you, are you serious? Like actually going back in? He goes, yeah. He goes, they've had numerous, numerous versions of the Bible now. He goes, you know, I'm like, well, I don't really want to read like full like King James. I mean, that's pretty difficult to read too. And so he was talking about some of the other ones, and he said, but that's the issue that they've done. They've slowly manipulated and perverted the Bible by going in and not just doing a translation from one language to another, but actually going in and making it more, you know, friendly so it doesn't offend anybody. First off, any type of history book is going to offend somebody at some point in time, period. I don't care if it's the Bible. I don't care if it's Egyptian history. I don't care if it's Greek mythology. It's history. It's going to offend you. But sitting there saying we need to erase it or rewrite it or downright ban it because it's got some type of racist connotation to it is complete and total nonsense. And understand, this is what they're trying to promote, and this is what they're trying to do on a large scale. This is why the school systems have been the perfect communist indoctrination camps for this agenda. This is why they've gone in and completely rewritten large parts of history or don't even talk about certain aspects of history. That's why 90% of people you talk to, if you say, just, what was the Civil War about? What's the first word you hear every single time? It's not even a phrase, it's a word. Slavery. Wait, what? That's, that's it. 
the entire Civil War, half a million Americans died because it was slavery. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay, okay, we got to have a history lesson. And again, I've talked to numerous people about it. Some people get it, some people don't. And I said, the reason why you believe that 160 years ago, half a million people died in the Civil War in the United States because of slavery is because that's what you were told to believe in school. And that President Lincoln was a great emancipation proclamation president who freed the slaves. Nobody even realized the Emancipation Proclamation only applied to the southern states and what was done in the height of the war when the South was winning and it was used as a military tactic to cause as much confusion and problems in the South, including preventing the blacks from fighting in the southern states as slaves. So they did that as a war tactic. And nothing to do with freeing the slaves and protecting their rights. Lincoln didn't care one bit about that. So you have to understand what we've been told and what is actually the truth. And you have to find it. And that's why we tell you on this show, do your own research. Do your own research. But please, at any point in time somebody tells you that you can't ask that question, or you ask a question and you get eviscerated for it, that is a sure fire point to prove that you know they are trying to not only censor you, they are trying to change history or prevent you from knowing the actual truth. Point being, in Australia, what we saw, and I've referred to this so many times because it was such a big deal to me, because you realize how restrictive some of these countries are and what they're trying to do in the United States. When they put up the billboard, do you know what's in your vaccine, question mark? A simple question. Not a statement, not speculation, not any type of far right-wing anti-vax propaganda is what they like to call it because people don't want to get injected with aborted fetal tissue and aluminum and squalene, but simply a question. And the prime minister had a conniption fit and got on national television and called it rubbish, and it was pulled down, physically pulled down within, I think, three to four days after they put it up and it got any type of publicity. If we reach a point in society in the United States where we can't even ask a question like why do you hate Donald Trump? Now again, I'm not telling you I'm a giant promoter of Donald Trump, but it's crazy to see the anger and ignorance that has been instilled in some people. Oh, whoa, and they start ranting and raving and going off. No singular event. If they came in and said, oh, well, it's because he's massively funding basically what's going on in the Middle East, and we still have not pulled any troops out of Afghanistan, and the opium production in Afghanistan is still at an all-time high. I'd say, well, okay, it's a valid point. I, I understand your point now. I, I, if, if that's why you don't like him, I don't really have much rebuttal on that. But when you start having people tell you you can't have an opinion, you can't ask a question, you can't make a statement, you can't even look at the facts because it's fake news. You can't say that. You can't look at that. That is full-blown totalitarian censorship, and it is only a few short years away from having a complete and total dictatorship that you are not allowed to say, do, or speak without the all-powerful government approving it. Point proven in China, what we see right now with the social credit score and how you can't even say stuff online without your social credit score going down. You can't even talk about certain things in some areas where there's microphones or your social credit score goes down. Heck, you can't even jaywalk without being blasted on a giant television and having your social credit score go down. 
That's how far it starts to go when you allow people to tell you what you can and can't ask questions about. So again, I encourage everybody, ask questions. If you're out in public, like I told you the other day, you see somebody wearing a mask and you actually end up having a conversation with them, which is a big surprise. I hardly find anybody doing that anymore. Ask him. So why why are you wearing the mask? Not don't give it. You're an idiot. I can't believe you wear a mask. You stupid person. Like no, that's not nice either. Don't insult somebody. Ask them. So what? Why are you wearing the mask? And then have their. They tell you their opinion. If it's a valid opinion, they say you know what. I don't really want to have any issues. I don't like people looking at me. I'm embarrassed in public to be you know basically shamed. I say okay. That's your opinion. You can do that. I don't agree with you on it. And I think you should probably stand your ground. And I've really encouraged people to stand your ground, and please do so if you have a conviction, but you still have that right. If you want to walk around in a gas mask, you can do it. I told you. Me and my buddy Chase, we went out last weekend. We wanted to go to Publix. I said, okay, let's go to Publix. I want to go to Publix. I've not worn a mask one single time in Publix. I said, you know what? We're going to take another level. I want to go into Publix, and we're going to wear full Avon M50 gas mask respirators for basically chemical weapons. And I'm going to wear level 3A Kevlar helmet in there. Just because, you know, it's my right. There's nothing illegal about walking around in Kevlar gas mask. So, so let's walk in there. We're walking around. Awkward. People looking at it. It's like, oh, my gosh. But then some people just blatantly looked at us like, oh, okay. Walked around. Never had a single issue. Finally, we're in the, gas, the checkout line. And the guy in front of me goes, man. I bet those masks do a lot better job than this mask does. I probably need to get one of those. You guys are serious about this. And I kind of looked at him just shook my head. And I was like, no. I said, this is more of a spoof to see what type of response we could get. And I said, quite frankly, I did not get the response I was expecting. I said, I expected people to be a lot more shocked about this right now. But nonetheless, wanted to see what would happen. That's where we've gone in society now, to where people have become so trained to this COVID, they don't think anything of it. Now, rewind six months ago. Think about in December, January, if I would have walked into a supermarket with a full double can Avon chemical weapons gas mask on and a Kevlar helmet, they probably would have called law enforcement on me, to be honest with you. Because there's been incidences like that where people have walked around with a plate carrier out in a public area and they get law enforcement called on them. Just saying, we're starting to desensitize ourselves to normality, and we're starting to think all this is becoming normal because we're being told it's normal. And everybody that asks a question or goes against the norm is verbally and socially scolded in areas with, like, people, like, you know, walking around and, you're not wearing a mask. I can't believe you do this. You must want people to die. I can't believe you're not wearing a mask. I've seen it. Watch the videos. There was one the other day, a video online. Lady told her, her and her family, she had her and like three kids with, they were like, you guys are going to die. I hope you die for not wearing masks because you're going to infect all of us. Well, here's my million dollar question. If the mask worked, how do they supposedly stop you from spreading it, but they don't stop somebody else from catching it? That's my million dollar question nobody's been able to ask me. They go, well, you're wearing it to protect other people. You're wearing it to protect other people. So the mask works, right? It protects other people. You keep the COVID to yourself if you're carrying it when you're wearing a mask. It cannot go out because your mask is so scientifically and effective, safe in clinical trials, which it's not. Oh, by the way, I'll put that out there with cloth mask. So that being said, if somebody's wearing a mask and it's stopping them from spreading the COVID, you wearing a mask, if you don't have COVID, that would theoretically mean you're protected because you guys are wearing the same mask, right? 
No, that's not right. Only people wearing the mask can protect other people from basically not catching it. It doesn't matter what you wear on your face. You can still contract it if other people don't wear a mask. So everybody has to wear a mask to protect everybody. That is the dumbest ideology I've ever heard in my life if there has been some. Now, if they came out and said, listen, we need you to wear M50 gas mask, full chemical biological weapons gas mask all the time when you go out in public, I would say... Okay, that makes sense. If you really are trying to prevent this, it makes sense. Granted, they're hot and they're uncomfortable and they're hard to breathe out of, but, you know, if you're really trying to make a difference, that would make sense. But the fact that there's no requirements on actually what produces and is used as a gas mask, there are no PPE guidelines on how to use one properly and sanitize properly and not touch it and reuse it and take it off every 20 to 30 minutes in a controlled setting and put a new one on. There's none of that. They say a simple bandana will work. That shows you right there it is nothing about protecting society and everything about forcing compliance onto a general populace, Dad. Austin, a bandana doesn't do anything. It's not even sealed onto the bottom of it. It's it's, it's ridiculous. It doesn't do anything. And I saw the videos of of Austin and Chase roaming the halls of Publix and walking around at Walmart or wherever they were and, and basically people looking at them and Nobody doing anything. And Austin's absolutely right. If you would have done this a year ago, a year ago, you would have had the police called on you. They'd have thought you were about to release a biological weapon in this in the grocery store or in Walmart. They'd have said, These guys are up to no good, look how they're dressed. But now this is the new normal. Again, remember what I told you? The only way they can do a paradigm shift is to have a massive, massive change. That's what they have to do. That's that's what they always do. Look at 9-11, what it did with the Patriot Act. And now with the mask in 2020. I mean, there's a book. I posted the first few chapters of it on, on the website. Topper Saucy, The Ru- Rulers of Evil. You need to get this book. Uh, if you can find it for free online, let me know and I'll post it. The whole book, this, this link that I had was the whole book. Now they put like the first 15 pages on it. If you guys can find me a free PDF that you don't have to download because I don't like downloading stuff on my iPad or my computer, uh, please uh, send it to me. Just email it to me, text it to me. Topper Saucy, Rulers of Evil. And I want you guys to read the book. It's long. It's several hundred pages long. Break it up into chunks. Now, I don't agree with the whole book. I agree with about 90% of it. Some of the stuff's a little bit too anti-Christian. I don't like that. But guys, just ignore that part of it. It goes into detail about what happened with communists, what happened in Russia in the 1800s, what happened with this whole pornography thing that I talked about earlier, how it all came over into the United States. you got to read this book. It's one of those books that's – in fact, I thought the book was so good when I read it online that I had the entire book printed and put in a three-ring binder. Yeah, I did that. That's how important this book is. It's very expensive to buy like on you know Amazon or if you wanted to go there. But the reality is you can print it yourself or you can read it online. I just don't like reading a back a back a backlit screen for an extremely long view. By the way, Dr. Andrew Wakefield has come out again. He came under he came under criticism years ago about saying the MMR vaccine was linked directly to autism. And of course now he's been proven completely right. And he was basically eviscerated by the mainstream Rothschild controlled press. Now he has a brand new film out. It's called uh, 1986: The Act, and it unloads on the deep truck a corruption of the criminal vaccine industry. Now this is very important. We understand what's going on. In 1986, under Ronald Reagan, they no longer made vaccine manufacturers culpable in side effects for people that were killed by vaccines. 
And this is what they had to do because of the toxicity associated with these vaccinations. See, I'm not saying that they're immunizations. I'm saying they're vaccines. There's no, they don't immunize against anything. Most of the stuff, they cause all kinds of horrible, horrible side effects. So, guys, watch that movie. It's really, really good to watch that movie. And also watch the other one that came out, I think it was last year. It was called Vax or two or three years ago. It was basically banned at the Tribeca Film Festival by Robert De Niro, but then got tremendous international coverage because of that. And quite frankly, if Robert De Niro did it that way on purpose to try to get it more and more media exposure, he did a pretty good job on that. So he kind of used it against them. That movie, Vaxxed, is the you get that you can buy the you can buy the actual Vax movie and and take a look at it if you'd like. Also, Bel- the Belarusian protesters are this is this is over in, in, over by the Czech Republic and the eastern part of the Europe, uh, basically are now being sent in from Poland, the UK, and the Czech Republic. Uh, President Lukashenko said, basically, they're trying to overthrow his government. Remember, he was offered a hundred million dollars by the international banking communities to his country in order to shut down the economy and to basically go into this coronavirus lockdown. He refused to do it. So again, this Rothschild banking cartel with all of its money likes to spread its tentacles everywhere. That's why I call it the giant vampire squid that has locked its tentacles around the planet and is sinking its teeth into it. By the way, uh, Governor Cuomo (laughs) has added two more states now into the including the Virginia Islands to the New York Travel Advisory. In other words, if you come from like like 30 different states now, you have to quarantine in another area other than in New York. In other words, a complete list of states includes Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Florida, Georgia. And he wonders why the tourism in New York has gone to crap. Duh. The, meanwhile, the Empire State tracked, tracked a COVID-19 infection rate less than 1%. So they have less than 1%. <laughs> This is 667 positive cases out of over 77,000 tests conducted, and they've shut the planet down, and they've pretty much prevented almost every single state from traveling to New York without going through a (laughs) two-week quarantine. I mean, this is insanity. It's absolutely insanity that this stuff is happening, and it's happening on a regular basis all the time, all over the country. By the way, Ghislaine Maxwell now is being taken off a suicide watch, and there's a video that's been released that's showing her cavorting with the fugitive rape suspect, Jean-Luc Brunel, who gave Jeffrey Epstein three 12-year-old triplets to abuse as a birthday present. Yeah, birthday present, 12-year-olds, that's sick. And newly uncovered photos taken on Pedophile Island. So, you know, these, this group, again, these are the Kabbalists that are running the planet. Now, also, gold and silver have taken a hit. I mean, they have taken a hit, as have a lot of other commodities right now with a massive, massive, massive sell-off. Now, why is this happening? A lot of people, and there's various reasons. I'm going to touch on one. A lot of people were expecting another giant stimulus, three, four, five trillion dollar stimulus, to come from the federal government. They were figuring that into the price of gold, figuring that into the price of the dollar, and that completely collapsed last week and this week. It's not going to happen. That's why Trump signed that executive order. You know, actually extending the benefits like $400 a week now to the people who are getting 600 If he can do that, the executive order. So he's actually showing some restraint on monetary policy and not just printing money hand over fist through the Federal Reserve Bank, which they've seen what's happened with the dollar drop against the Swiss franc and other currencies nationally, globally, and also with the price of gold. So they're doing everything they can now to, monet- to not to try to monetize the debt that quickly and to decrease the pressure, upward pressure of gold. 
but even though they allowed it to short back down into the $1,800 lane range, it's already punched back, it's already punched back up to the 1940 this morning. So again, real gold, real silver is, has always been a benchmark of real wealth. And it's always been a hedge against inflation. Always remember that. Austin, what do you think? No, it has. And, that, you know, the, the gold and silver market, yes, I mean, there's definitely no doubt about it. There's money to be made back and forth if you're investing in it and you're trading in it. I'm never against that at all. But the physical market and actually having some of that retained wealth that you keep is always something very important. I've, I've said that for years. And so I mean, a lot of people are starting to realize, though, I think that, I mean, like I told you guys yesterday, the ammunition firearm market right now has gone full viral like i mean it's 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 impossible in some cases to even get any type of reasonably priced ammunition or firearms at all right now because people know what's starting to happen i mean we're having cities that are blatantly telling people they can't go to church you can't do anything in a public setting with more than five people you can't have a party at your house with more than five or ten people but when 10,000 people show up to demonstrate in the city and burn down cities and go loot stores, well, listen, guys, that they're, they're, they're First Amendment protesters. That's what I've heard now. I've heard that used repeatedly. They're First Amendment protesters. So they're First Amendment protesters, but yet I can't go to church and worship God. Now, that being said, you'd never have to go to church to worship Jesus. Let's clarify that. You can have people at your house. And if they start telling you you can't have people in your home to worship Jesus, then that's a direct violation of the biblical laws. And that's something that, in my opinion, never has to be followed. If somebody tells you it is the law to do something against the Bible, that is not a law. That is basically a direct violation of what God tells you. There's a lot of Christians in some churches that have... Uh, that it have compromised on a lot of this to where they said, well, it's the law of the land. You're supposed to, you know, follow the law. And I'm like, so what happens when they tell you that, you know, we have to do a one-child policy like in China? If you have more than one child, you basically have to abort it. I said, and you're a Christian. Are you going to say that's the law of the land now? I just have to do it? Or they say, well, it mandated you have to get a chip on your right hand so you can buy or sell. Are you going to say, well, it's the law of the land. I'm just going to do it because that's what they told me to do. <laughs> I'm looking, I'm like, you got, you're you ridiculous. You know, where is your conviction? Where's your stance? Where's your belief? If you can be that easily swayed simply by the stroke of a pen by somebody saying that we're going to enact something that is now a law and you have to follow it even though it's diametrically opposed to your Christian beliefs, wow. How strong was your conviction in the first place? I'm being sincere about that. And it's a lot of the stuff I've told you guys before, where I'm very, very big proponent of voting with your dollar, especially with businesses, with movies, with companies. If you know a company is diametrically opposed to your beliefs, if you know they are actively trying to take over certain sectors, if you know they are pro-abortion and they, they match they match the donations of their employees to Planned Parenthood. And yes, I'm talking about Starbucks. If you give a $100 donation to Planned Parenthood and you're a Starbucks employee, Starbucks will match that donation, including multiple other very, very weird entities, including Planned Parenthood. So if that's the case, why do you have a Starbucks in your church or why are you supporting a church that has a Starbucks in their church? 
a million dollar question. And I've, I've gotten some people mad at me when I brought up that question. Well, it's just coffee. No, it's not just coffee. A, the coffee sucks. B, it's overpriced. C, they're completely anti-firearm, anti-Second Amendment and pro-abortion. You really think that's a company that's representing biblical beliefs that you need to have in your church? Or if you're going to that church, you're actually going to give money to that church so they can basically take their cut from Starbucks? Really? Really? That's, that's, you would be surprised how many people just go right in, don't think anything of it. Same thing with Target. Same thing with Amazon. Which Amazon, I'm not 100% sure on everything in their background. I know they are pretty much poised to be the largest online monopoly retailer. They're being set that's up for right. that. That's why I said that's on the right. show the other day. I said, isn't it funny when Amazon was just starting to come about, Jeff Bezos got a $600 million contract from the CIA to house their servers? I think it was a no-bid contract as well, meaning they, they offered it to him, he took it. Yeah, I bet he did. When's the last time you guys got offered a $600 million contract for the CIA servers housing? I don't know. You remember that, Dad? Have you heard any offers like that yet? I'm still waiting to hear back from the CIA on that offer. I haven't got anything back from them on that yet. I'm being sarcastic, you know, obviously. Well, yeah, you, 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 try, you try to go to the bank. They want your last 10 years of tax returns. They want you to yeah. cross-collateralize every asset. They want to have the blood of your firstborn signed in a contract, and I'm being facetious, but it's ridiculous. But all of a sudden, let's give him $600 billion. It's like that, it's like that, that moron Musk. You know, now he's locked in with the Defense Department to launch satellites and to launch spaceships. What? This technology is ancient. Again, he's another Rothschild cutout. By the way, just keeping up with this, three Israeli tanks have now crossed the border fence to enter Lebanese territory. Yeah, surprise, surprise, huh. surprise. Three Israeli battle tanks have encroached upon a technical fence that separates Lebanon from the occupied territories amid tensions between Tel Aviv regime and Hezbollah residents. That's the, that's just, that's the, what they're being told, we're being told, resistance movement, whose member was killed in Israeli airstrike in Syria last month. So, yeah, this thing in the Middle East is always going to be a heated up mess. Now, I'm going to change topics completely, and this is something I'm going to give you guys a little bit of advice on. My daughter this morning, she's dating a guy. He's a great guy. And she's going to church tonight. And uh, she did not invite him to go to church. And he doesn't go to church. He says he has, like, church online. And it's like a young college group that goes to church. Now, ladies and gentlemen, tell your children this. The single most important thing, if you have a Christian child, is whether or not they're dating somebody or going to marry somebody who has a commitment to Jesus Christ. Now, I could do a whole show on this, and I may continue to expand on this tomorrow. But make that an acid test. Boys and girls, young gentlemen, girls, listen to me. You don't have to be badgering them when you first meet them about Christ, but you need to be inviting them to church. Because I'm telling you what, if they tell you they don't want to go to church, or there's always an excuse that they're not going to go to church, I can tell you what, if you fall in love with them, you get engaged to them, and they still aren't going to church, you get married to them, they ain't going to go to church. It ain't going to happen. And so then you won't have a relationship built on Christ. You know, a three-chord three rope is it's hard to break, is what the Bible says. You have to have you, your spouse, and God involved in that three-corded strand. And it's so important. That's the single most important thing I can tell you young folks right now, is date people, or just better to go out in groups in the Bible studies with your church, and find people that have commitments that are same as yours before you start dating them. Because you can learn to fall in love with an old flea-bitten dog if you're with it long enough. And the reality is that flea-bitten dog ends up you getting married to him from a metaphorical standpoint, and it's some guy that never wanted to go to church with you, you ain't going to change him. Same thing with the ladies. If you want to find out, if you're dating a girl, she don't want to go to church with you, all she wants to do is go out to the bars every weekend and go dancing. 
probably need to look somewhere else. Just a little bit of metal in here before I leave for the day. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Austin, figure it out. They're finishing up. Bye-bye. <laughs> I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Thank you again for the support. Let everybody know the GHI Cleanse Vanilla on sale right now and also the vitamin C capsules with antioxidants. That basically is right neck and neck with the chelation therapy. It looks like they're going to go back and forth. So I'll let it run for an hour or so, and then I'll change over the product of the week between the vitamin C and chelation because they're pretty much tied right now. Chelation therapy, which basically helps detoxifying the body, works great in conjunction with the magnesium brain food. And, of course, the vitamin C caps, which also are a great product as well to increase vitamin C levels. So, again, thank you for the continued support of Health Masters. Let us know if you need anything at all. Healthmasters.com. Feel free to give us a call, 1-800-726-1834. We're here to help you out the best we can, whether it be supplementation advice, diet advice, getting you on the right track with the highest quality supplements we can physically produce. So, again, thank you for the support. Feel free to sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Send all types of different specials, coupons, articles, including the show link every day on there as well. Check that out at healthmasters.com. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always.